It's another Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. How are you doing, Scott? Mate, it's an absolute stinker out there again. Oh, it's quite warm indeed. Oh, truly, it, it's so bad out there. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is real plant-killing weather out there at the moment. So uh, I thought today we might talk about some uh, plants that are really, really dry tolerant. Oh, very good. Yeah, one of them that we often see around in the uh, fast food car lots are uh, Moon Bay. It's a type of Nandini. You often see that around in you know, the car parks of you know, fast food outlets. I won't mention the name of those fast food outlets. Fair enough. There's also Trailing <laughs> Lotus, which is a really beautiful plant for a hanging basket, and Serious Peruvianus monstrosa. Which is... It's a type of cactus that gets really tall and you don't have to water it much. Oh, very good. And it looks really cool too. Fair enough. And like the use of the Latin as well. Ah, thank you. Now, Scott, we're talking about dry plants today. And first up, cactus. Yes, it's an absolute stinker out there. And it really is plant-killing weather on these sort of days because you've got that uh, low humidity. uh, You've got the heat. You know, as I was driving in, I noticed it's, uh, you know, getting up to about 30, uh, 31 degrees. Yeah, it's quite warm. Yeah, that's on the Land Rover... um, uh, you that's know, temperature gauge. Not official. <laughs> so it could actually be 50 or it could be 15. Or 25. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's broken down sitting by the side of the road, you've got yeah. to have something to look at. So it's all good. Uh, and so you really need to get out there and water a lot on days like this. The wind's blowing over the plants. Uh, yeah. It's really drying them out quite a lot. You'll just see them sort of go limp and flag. So very important to get out there and give them a, a good cooling drink today. Is there good times to water them? In the morning or in the look, evening? Yeah, look, the, to give them that really deep water, yes, the uh, morning water when it's cooler and later on in the evening. But if your plant really is flagging, you still have to get out there in the middle of the day and try You don't spray it around all through the air and mist it because that yeah. is wasting water. But mm-hmm. if you can get out there with your hose and just uh, you know give it a good old soak around the root system because it's thirsty, it's going to stress out at that point in time and it's going to die and, and you know, bad things are going to start yeah. happening to it if you don't give it a water then. So, yeah, it's, it's good. Hopefully, if you've given that early water, and that one later on at, light, at night, it will actually make it through. But uh, it is important to uh, yeah, get out there if it is, you know, really, really hot like it is. Is today. there anything else you can do besides watering them, though? Uh, that's where you can just mulch them and you can use wetting agents as well to make the you know the soil more absorbent to the water, I guess. Yep. So it makes the water sticky and, and it gets in there into the uh, little soil granules. So, and mulching is really, really important. And I'm going to try and impress you again. I want to hear this Latin. You want to hear this. I actually, this is easy compared to what I did on the weekend, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I looked after, I had a a birthday party for uh, 11 10-year-old girls. Oh, that would have been exciting. (laughs) Yes, it was a little bit exciting. They decided they're going to have a food fight at one point in time and then water bombs came out and stuff like that. That would have been a lovely mixture. Yeah, and I don't want to be a nasty dad, so I just said yes to it. Yeah, all in my lounge room. It's fantastic. We can get the hose on. Cleaned up and water fight all in one. If only the uh, if only I lived in a bathtub, but unfortunately <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> so I'm going to try something far more easy than looking after a eleven a ten year old birthday party. It's called Serious Peruvianus monstrosa, and it's a fantastic looking cactus. It does look like this sort of gnarly evil monster that's going to grow and grow <laughs> and grow and take over. Uh, so uh, it gets quite tall though. It can get up to about eight meters tall, but of course to get to that height they're very very slow very very slow uh, now these cactus and most succulents you know they only really need watering once you know every fortnight uh, you can do them every week if yep. you know if you do want if you get in conditions like that because you do have to water you know cactus it's not one of those things where you can just sort of set and forget yeah but they're fantastic for teenage boys though uh, you know mums often come <laughs> in or you know their son's just left home you know off to uni somewhere and what plant can i give my son 
and you give them a cactus because you know it's probably the only thing that's going to survive. You know, getting a drink of beer and um, every now and then, just... yeah, and some underwear <laughs> tossed over it every now and again, <laughs> uh, because that's where boys keep their cupboards. They just throw their stuff everywhere. So look, it is a beautiful, tall-looking cactus. Uh, it, it comes from uh, South America, obviously, with that Peruvianus name in there, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, very, very easy to look after, as are most succulents. So if you're looking for a nice, easy to um, you know care for plant when it's dry and hot yep. like this, I've been doing a lot more uh, succulent gardens for people. They're people are really getting into them i i feel like i'm you know living in southern california the way i'm going at the moment thinking with my stomach can yes you, can you eat cactus you can eat the uh the flesh you know the fruit off prickly pear i yep. don't know about there are so many different cactus out there mate i, I wouldn't be uh, you wouldn't be trying all of be, them no i wouldn't be trying all of them i follow a couple of facebook sites on uh, nurseries of garden centers over in uh california because mm. I, I love los angeles in california and it, they, it just doesn't rain very much over there, as you know. It's you know virtually built on a desert, and so they put on their Facebook site if it rains, it's a really big thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> photos of the rain in Southern California. So. Puddles, amazing. Yeah, it is like that. It is gardening talk back on two and you are FM. If you have any questions for Scott Sharp, give us a call on four nine two one six two one six. Yeah, hi. How you going? Um, I've got strawberries. And the plants are beautiful. The yes. flowers are lovely, but there's no fruit. Ah, so have you? What have you been fertilising them with? Um, I can't think of what it's called. I did put um, some. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now, but I had a feeling that uh, Scott said flourish. He's been saying flourish. Yes, definitely use flourish. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely use flourish. And if you're having a problem with flowering, I'm always saying this as well. Uh, you use sulphate of potash because it is specifically targeted for the flowering of the plant. And any plant, you can use it on tomatoes. You can use it on strawberries. Uh, you can use it on any, any sort of flowering plant That's that right. you, you want to have. I happen to have some of that. <laughs> Excellent. So start using that. Now, I always say this as well, so I probably sound like a, a bit of a broken record, although we don't have records here anymore. I think there's CDs <laughs> or just a computer disk drive somewhere. Uh, I sound like a broken record, but don't just use it once. Uh, always, you know, you start to build it up in the soil over a period of months. So don't expect if you use it, you know, like now that, you know, in a couple of weeks you're going to see a burst of strawberries. You might start to see some increasing, but uh-huh. it's one of those things. Start using using it you know every fortnight and just start to build it up in the soil over a few months and you'll definitely see uh, an improvement and what about the flourish yeah and keep on using the flourish as well it's helping the it's helping all aspects of the plant the root growth the leaf growth you know the green leafy growth and also yeah. the fruiting as well but if you want you know more and more strawberries better bigger strawberries start using that uh, sulfate of potash oh, that right. you've got and give that a go Okay, thank you. Okay, much. thank you. And look, the other thing, I guess, up at Tanilba Bay as well is if you've got if you've got them planted in uh, in the ground up there, I can only imagine it's pretty sandy. No, uh, I've got them in pots. Oh, uh, you got them in pots. Okay, yeah, because yeah. it's too sandy. Yeah, and it just anything just leaches straight through the soil up there. Yeah. So yeah, you keep them in pots. Make sure they're being really well watered, especially yeah. on days like today, and uh, you get some nice strawberries uh, for your daiquiri. Thank you. you okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. No worries, we've got Peter from Matefield, about lime trees. How can we help you, Peter? Oh, day, Scott. How are you going? Pretty well, mate. That's good. Mate, I phoned you up a couple of weeks ago about my lime tree and talking about it fruiting and fertilising. Yes. Uh, yes, all the, all the fruit fell off yep. and uh, that was all fine, but then all the leaves started curling up. Oh, okay. 
Now that's a completely different problem again. So what's happened? You've probably got some, you know, nice new leaves coming on there, and all, yes. all of a sudden insects come along, going, "Ha ha, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have a piece of this." It's <laughs> no doubt it's thought. And uh, when the leaves are nice and new and fresh like that, you start to, you will get leaf curl. You might have, you know, a little thrip in there. Yeah. Uh, probably a little bit early for citrus leaf miner, although it could be around, and that's a little weevil that gets in between the membrane of the leaf and destroys the leaf that way. So unfortunately, you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to spray to try and keep that under control. Uh, one of the best things to use, I think, as a preventative is eco oil. Uh, okay. You can use that. Uh, every couple of weeks uh, on your uh, edible plants. Uh, yep. the, we've been using it to keep uh, leaf miner and things at bay at, at work, and it seems to work. But if, if you get rain or anything and you get it washes off, then you really have to go out there and use it again. And, it, yep. and it, once the leaf hardens off, you know, once you get that darker green and it's almost, you know, it's fully grown, you don't really have to do it then. It's only on that new foliage, when you see the new foliage coming out, that's when you go and use eco oil to protect it. Okay, I, I did use some white oil mm-hmm. and um, it seemed to work for a little bit but then it, then it didn't and I kept using it. But then something started like chewing, chewing it up. Right, okay. And, and I don't know whether it was grasshoppers or what, but I, I, there was hard, there's hardly any leaves on it now. There's about four. Oh. <laughs> it used to have about... 40. <laughs> yeah, I'd suspect they're grasshoppers. We get them at work, and they get yep. you know they get pretty big. We feed them. We tick them under the chin every now and again. Yep. Uh, and the, but they are clever. If they see you coming, they'll do the old scoot around behind you know the back of the branch or the back of the leaf, and they they know where you are. Um, yep. What I usually do is I'll carry a pair of scissors around with me. I reckon it's the best way to get the old grasshoppers. Um, just... <laughs> A pair of scissors, well, yeah, pair of scissors, mate. I, I don't give them a haircut. Greg's looking at me really, really strangely here. I don't, I don't give them a haircut. I get a little bit more of their haircut, a little okay. bit further yeah. down, and uh, you just snip the heads off, and um, all's well. They monster. Oh, not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I ended up moving it because it was in a pot, yep. and I put it out on the veranda where there's like it was amongst other greenery stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I haven't had any attacks. Since, uh, but I thought I'll just find out from you what would be causing it. So, yeah, all right. I, I, I definitely suspect uh, that it's a grasshopper of some sort. All right, they love lime trees. They Absolutely certainly do. Them. They certainly do. All right, then, okay. thanks for the info, Scott. Okay, thanks, Peter. Cheers, mate. Cheers. All right, cheers, Peter. Now, we were talking about hot weather before, Scott, yes. and what to do. Well, a caller who has decided to remain nameless oh, yes. has told us that Hunter Waters water wise rules she can't water after 10 a.m. or before 4 p.m. Oh, I'm going to have to go and revise that. I'm pretty sure that's with sprinkler systems. If you've got a handheld hose or a watering can that clicks off, I'm pretty sure you can still use that um, before those times, uh, but certainly not sprinkler yep. systems um, between 10 and 4. But you can just go out quick, quick hose. Yeah, with just and, and you know down around the roots of the plant. Yeah, too easy. Yeah, you can do, use a watering can, but you know, in truth, what's the difference between having a clip off hose yeah. and a watering can? How can we help you, Ron? Uh, g'day, Scott. I listen to your program all the time. Um, I was I heard you talk about uh, eradicating stink beetles. Yes. I've got a fairly big garden out here, and a fairly large lemon tree. I turned around and I had quite a bit else. And I, before I got back to having a look at the lemon tree, and when I did, it was heavily infested with stink beetles. Mm-hmm. Uh, my container of pyrethrum didn't go anywhere. With the nozzle that that's allowable by the water board, um, mine has got a very fairly concentrated jet stream. Yes. 
and I had a lot of fun knocking them out <laughs> of the lavatory. <laughs> yep. And then when I couldn't see, when they were all on the ground and I couldn't see any more, then had a lot of fun jumping on them. <laughs> Did your shoes smell though, mate? That must have been a bit horrid. <laughs> Uh, well, then I just uh, just top dressed them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, another fun thing to do might be to get like you know like a rifle scope and fit it on the end of your hose and stand a few <laughs> meters back and pretend you're a sniper or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd, that'd be. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did have a lot of fun. I was getting as I went on, I got a, a fairly good shot at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that is a recommended way of getting rid of them. Uh, we've we've talked about it a few times. I've also heard people say grab an old vacuum cleaner and just go out there and vac them off. Uh, I guess that might work. Uh, a fellow the other week rang up and said use WD forty, but I sort of went back to work and Robert back at work said, oh, I don't think that's going to be too good for your plant. You know, if it's rusty and squeaking, it might be good. But uh, I think the WD forty would burn your plant. So I, I personally wouldn't do that. And the other thing you can do, uh, pyruthrin, like you said, probably, you know, it's pretty soft. They'll probably just get it under their armpits and have a bit of a scrub around with that. Well, well Scott, I suggested using the vacuum cleaner to be wife, but she didn't seem to be real happy with the idea. Oh, well, do you know, but you're, no doubt you're doing all the vacuum anyway, though, Ron, so <laughs> why, why would your wife be upset with that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, we enjoy your show. You know, we are keen gardeners, and, and it's been really good. Thanks very much, Ron. Appreciate that. Thanks, Scott. Okay, Bye. cheers. Thank you. Bye. And we've got Lynn from Cameron Park. Hey, Lynn, must be uh, hot out there at Cameron Park at the moment. Um, yes, it really is. Yeah. Um, now, um, my neighbours moved overseas and they gave me their worm farm, yes. but they didn't give me any instructions, and I don't have a lot of knowledge about it, but I've got about three questions. One is, there's not many worms coming up to the second layer. Yes. Um, I feed it with vegetable straps not citrus or onions or whatever. Do mm-hmm. I don't think there'd be a thousand worms in there, and the mixture I'm getting is not very thick. It mm. tends to be a bit watery. Should I? And should I wet newspaper in it? And should I buy more worms? Yeah, I'd get some more worms and just just refresh them. Uh, you know, you don't know what's been happening, how well they've been looking after. And you're a, sounds like you're looking after your worms really nicely. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just keep asking every odd person. It gives me one little tip. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can use the wet pa- newspaper trick. Just I wouldn't put a really big thick layer in because they still need to be able to get back up there and feed. Uh, and definitely I'd grab some more worms. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the internet's probably the best place to get worms now. I don't know how they send them in through the computer, but, uh, you know, it must happen somehow. I'm, you know... I'm, um, a, I'm a neo-Luddite. I don't understand anything like that, that to do it into interweb. Yeah, I'm not really into computers as well, but I'm, I'm sure they'd find a way yeah, other sure, than yeah. sending them through your computer. I think they actually do send them in the post. and yeah, um, a good it, idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think it does work. So that's probably the best place to go. Uh, look, no doubt they will have some extra instructions as well for you when, oh, you, when good, you bring Oh, good. Thank you. In. Now, I've got one more question. Yeah, I'm sure. the same as the gentleman that rang up a couple of weeks ago with his... I've got a, a peach three-way nectarine that mm-hmm. I bought from the nursery and got in a pot last year fine this year all flowers now beautiful leaves no fruit but they're starting to have a rippled effect on the leaf and the leaves new leaves are starting to curl what do i spray them with yeah we've we've had uh, that at uh, work as well we had some uh peaches there um rob's been spraying those um with a systemic uh, spray 
uh, or he's been using eco oil as well because it sounds like there's a mite on there when you start to get that sort of rippling effect if you turn them over you'll actually find there's probably little sting marks on there yeah. so we've, we've been spraying with eco oil uh, just to try and keep those under control uh, unfortunately oh, well, this I is... won't get any fruit this year but I'll just keep it in and the other thing is I think I don't know what it is but I think it may be a spider mite it yes. seems to have little like cobwebs uh, spider mites, they usually don't do that, but if uh, you start using eco oil, that may well uh, keep those under control as well. Uh, the other thing to do with your peach, uh, your, sorry, your three-way, is to uh, start feeding it up with some uh, potash, sulfate yep. of potash, because it really helps with the flowering of the plant. Well, you probably missed out this year, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, so it will be next year that you, you'll get some fruit on it again. Well, I did it what you said about the other, the other gentleman. Mm-hmm. I've been giving it potash and trying to get it built up for next year. Yeah, that's definitely the way to do it. All right. Well, thank you very much, and I'll keep on with my worm hey, garden. Good luck with your worms. Have you given them names yet? Or, um... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. No, no. That's, that's, that's step one. No, you <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, you've got to give a little cuddle and everything every now and oh, again. No, just no, to, no. Yeah, they're, they're dead cute. <laughs> They're very active. I'm sure they are. <laughs> All right, thank you so okay, much. Okay, thank you, Lynn. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Annette from Curry, and she's got a question, well, a couple of questions, roses and bugs and grass. Shoot away, Annette. How can we help oh, you? Good afternoon, guys. Um, yes, Scott, uh, the one thing is uh, my roses, when they're, they start, they're budding, Yes. Um, before they actually, the bud actually opens up, it's getting like a brown edge on it. Yes. And this morning I've noticed that some of the leaves have got little red spots on them. Right, okay. Now, a gentleman just this morning brought in a very, very beautiful rose bud uh, to work and I had a quick squeeze at it. He's, when the buds were opening up, exactly the same thing. And what he found, what we found when we started looking deep down into the petals, uh, they're like little midges sort of running around, little, uh, I guess they're probably almost little aphid um, uh, little babies or something running around right. in there. So uh, for that, I gave him insect and mite killer because he'd been using a few other things. He'd been using Confidor without any, any success. And I think he'd also been using Pyrethrum. So we sort of went straight for the big guns once he gave me that information. We went with insect and mite killer because it's systemic. And to try and get, you know, poison deep down in, a, in amongst, a, you know, a closed rosebud as well and deeper in around those petal folds, uh, we decided to uh, go with the insect and mite killer because it's uh, systemic. So... Uh, hopefully that's going to have an effect for a minute. Sounds exactly like what I saw this morning. So I should spray them late in the afternoon so that before the heat of the day. Yeah. Now with insect and mite killer, you always do it. I think uh, on the side of the packet it usually says about twenty-one degrees yeah. or twenty-seven degrees. You know, I've, I'm getting mixed up with Celsius and Fahrenheit and all that sort of stuff. And uh, but it does say it on the instructions, and always read your instructions. Uh, and yes, do it in the cool of the day. Usually, with, sorry, just usually with a systemic spray like that. Uh, once you go, you know, get around dusk, hopefully the wind dies off as well. That's not yes, something you want to yes. be spraying around willy nilly. Really. today because it's too windy. But yeah. um, the other thing, since my husband sprayed our lawn, mm-hmm. um, I've got these like little black, um, hairy black grubs grubby things just crawling along the top of the grass. I haven't got any dead patches or anything. Yep. And I've got a little dog that's very inquisitive. I was just wondering what causes those and what can I do about it, please? It doesn't sound like army worm or anything like that that's going to be, you know, eating the root system of your yeah. of your lawn away. It just sounds like you've had a you know, a moth lay some eggs and the caterpillars are out foraging around having having something to eat. So you know, if a if a moth you just ca- answered my question, I have had moths. Right, okay. 
If they're black furry ones, I wouldn't be too concerned about those. They're not the sort of caterpillars that are going to do a tremendous amount of damage to your lawn. I'd, I'd probably leave them be and, and, you know, send out an invitation for some magpies to come in and have a feast. Oh, I've, I've had those too, so maybe they've heard the news they're out. <laughs> Nature has a way of sort of taking the full <laughs> yeah. circle, doesn't it? Thank you very much for your time okay. today, guys. Thank you. Bye. I wasn't suggesting that Annette eats magpies to complete the circle then, <laughs> then mate, because <laughs> they're a native and protected bird. It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Cheryl from Clarencetown. How can we help you, Cheryl? Hi. Um, yes, I have a problem with large bull ants yes. in my veggie patch and also in my garden. Now, I thought up around Clarencetown you only had a problem with large bulls. <laughs> it's not true, because... <laughs> There's some big boys up there. I know when I drive up that way, it, uh, they're, they're one thing I'll never go in the paddock with. But if you've got large bull ants, have you been able to find the nest? Um, if, you, if you dig down in it, they all come streaming up. Right, so okay. Yeah. So what you are going to have to get some uh, poison and actually drench the soil. Now, there's, uh, there's actually one called Penside. Now, I'm going to let you into a little secret. Um, it's not actually registered to do ants, but it, it's called diazinon. Is the chemical component inside it, and it is fantastic to kill ants. Uh, you can either use that, you can use carbaryl as well. Uh, what you do is you mix those up in the watering can, yep. and then when, once you've found the area, you just really, really drench that area as much as possible, and that should get rid of them for you. I've done it a couple of times at home with green ants uh, because I don't like going out to the garbage and getting stung on the arch of the foot yeah, in the middle of the yeah. night. It's not mm. a very pleasant feeling. You should yep. see me dance then, mate. <laughs> Okay. Can't, can't dance any other time, but when I get stung underneath the foot, I'm really, I've got some moves then. I'd, yeah. I'd get, get that, I'd either some penside or some carbaryl, mix it up in the watering can as per the instructions, yep. and then drench that area. You should get rid of them then. And do you have to keep doing that, or is that just like a once-off type of thing? I've found that if you do it once, it knocks them pretty much on the head. Yep. Okay, then. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Sharon. Look out for okay. those other bulls up there. <laughs> Will do. Cheers. Right up. Bye-bye. It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. We've got Rod from the Garden Suburb, and he's something's really affecting his lifestyle. Uh, oh, wrong, what's How's been going? <laughs> well, you've got those little funny black uh, grubs underneath your uh, fig tree leaves, have you, mate? Yeah, mate, and they're, they're turning the leaves into skeletons, and my, my concern is that because of that, the figs are going to get that small, they're not going to be worth opening a bottle of red. Yeah, look, you're, abs- you're absolutely right because dried figs are an absolute treat to have with cheese and if uh, you've got no figs on your tree, that's not going to happen later on for you. So, uh, right. yeah, the- so the moth lays at eggs and you do get those funny little br- little black grubs. They just absolutely decimate, uh, you, know, the un- you know, the leaf of your plant. It does leave that skeleton on there. Uh, so you're yep. going to have to uh, get a, a, a chemical. You're probably going to need to use carbaryl on that, mate. It's going to be the best thing to use. Uh, you can carbaryl, yeah. You can still use that on edible plants. Uh, there's also dipel as well, which is a uh, distinct uh, bio insecticide for caterpillars, and so they're both good uh, chemicals to use to get rid of those. The only thing with it is, mate, you're going to have to actually make sure you're misting up in underneath the leaves when you're spraying, because if you're just spraying the top side of the leaf, those little guys are going to be in under there like they're under an umbrella, and they're not going to get hit. So uh, when you're spraying, make sure you try and mist up in underneath the leaves. Yeah, do that and get onto it quick smart because, you know, honestly, you won't have a fig left really soon. They're very, very hungry little critters and they'll, um, they'll, they'll get straight into it on you. Right, oh, mate. I'll, I'll get that stuff today or tomorrow and I'll give the little fellas a drink. Okay, I'll thank you. Okay, 
Enjoy that. Thanks, Rod. Right. Cheers. No worries, Rod. It is Gardening Talk back on 2NURFM. If you do have any questions, give us a call on 49216 216. And we've got Beth from Mount Hutton. Beth, how can yes. we help you today? Yes, good afternoon, Scott. I'm just wanting to know, I've got a beautiful Daphne yes. um, plant and it hasn't flowered as yet, but it's quite healthy. And I'm protecting it and hanging for the flower, of course. Um, I just want to know the best fertiliser to put on it, maybe to encourage the flowering. Mm-hmm. What do you suggest? Yeah, daphnes are a beautiful plant. I mean, if you've got a, a, a plant that's growing, you, good good luck to you because I mean they're traditionally hard to grow here in Newcastle. Once the humidity kicks in, you know, towards the end of January and right through until the middle of March, they they just don't like the humidity here. So if you've got one up and running, uh, you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, and and look, the, the, they they love that you know that semi shade position, and like you said, once those flowers come out, they are just to die for, oh, aren't they? This gorgeous. I've I've tried that. I bought that three, you know, and they've died. Yeah. So I mean, um, I managed to get my maiden hair growing, so I was very proud of that. Yeah, yeah. So if I can get a maiden hair to grow in this heat, <laughs> I can get anything growing. I think. Yeah, and um, and. Oh. They're very, very fussy, as you know. They are, and the the perfume, I, you know, Greg and I, we are we are aficionados <laughs> of uh, different oh. scents here. Um, you know, we've we sometimes he'll bring in all sorts of things. You know, and say, oh, what does this smell like? And I'll, I'll pick the flower, yeah. and he does well, something, I, and I go, I don't know what that smells like, mate. <laughs> <that's right. laughs> but well, da- Daphne, you can that smell of Daphne, and I keep telling my friends, you wait till it, if it comes in a flower. Oh, the fragrance is just unreal. It is now um, to get that to make that flower a lot more. I'm always like rabbiting on about it. I said, uh, and you need to try and get some sulfate of potash, uh, or you can just use flourish as well because it is high in potash. But if you want it specifically for flowering, you need to use sulfate of potash and start building that up in the soil. Sulfate, yes. Yeah, of potash. Uh, potash. Yeah. Now it, it works. You can actually you, you can get a liquid one. You can mix it up in the watering can. There's one you can oh. sort of sprinkle around and water in. But they all do the same job, and they really do help the flowering of the plants. Okay, and you don't think it's too hot for it on the balcony? I've got it. You know, um, it, Beth, if you've got it in the spot yeah. and you've got it alive and all's well, um, yeah. then I wouldn't move it. <laughs> I'd, okay. I'd keep it there. They don't like the full sun, so if you no. have been moving it around, try and get it into a spot where it might be getting some uh, morning sun, but then it's out of that really scorching afternoon sun because, you know, you only have to walk out there now yeah, and, and you'll yeah. know what it's like, and Daphne's no, don't like hot. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to water the balcony this afternoon when it's a lot cooler Yes, um, because I feel sorry for the plants, yeah? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll give Daphne some talking to and try that sulphate. Okay, and look, I, I must have a soft touch as well for Daphne because that was my um, that was my grandmother's name that I think about it. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely a gorgeous thing, and I'm just hanging for it to flower. <laughs> okay, well, okay. enjoy the program. Okay, thank you, Beth. You okay, Bye. good luck with the Daphne. Cheers. And we've got Eve from Brankston. Hey, Eve, Hi, how, how can we help you? Are there our lavenders have gone from a really nice purple to a dull gray, uh, green color, and we're wondering what we've done. So we're talking about the flower on that or the plant? The, the flower. <laughs> so the, what's probably happened is they've had their main flush, you know, as we've gone into spring, the birds and the bees have been sort of flying around and all's been good. And uh, then as, you know, we've had a bit of rain and we now we've got some heat, they've just started, the, those, that initial flush of flowers has started to, to die out on you. So what you can do, okay. if you want to regenerate that again, it will sort of regenerate naturally, but what you can do is actually go and more or less deadhead the flowers off them. And I know there's a lot of flowers to do, so you don't go around and pick each one off individually uh the best thing to do is just get your shears and almost lightly prune 
you know, back to that top layer again of, of leaves. So t just take that where the flowers are sticking out, take that back off with your shears and you'll find that that will sort of regenerate some, uh, you know, some more flowering. And, and lavenders will spot flower right the way uh, through until about March and, you know, March, April again. They're really, really yep. prolific flowers. They're fantastic. Okay, thank you. Okay, not a problem, Eve. Good luck with it. Thanks, bye. Cheers. Cheers, thanks, Eve. Now, before you do go today, Scott, just a couple of plants that you still got there lined up for us. Yes, I'm, I'm still a bit stunned that you think I'm a monster for cutting the heads off. Been, uh, there's been a lot of death today. It's well, been about it, killing uh, insects. Yeah, I guess it has been. But I, I don't, you know, ask people to call in so that my darker side comes out. It's just it's what naturally happens, mate. Cutting off heads. We've got yeah. people washing away stuff with hose, pretending they're snipers. <laughs> it's been a pretty... Macabre. <laughs> okay. I thought I'd do it because it, it's hot out there. This is like our hot themed day, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, we're a bit like hot um, and warm. You know, myth, Mythbusters or QI, aren't we? We pick a theme for the day and off we go with it. Let's go. Can we go with QI? You'll go with QI. And you host on QI very soon. Stephen Fry is apparently left. Yeah, he's yeah. quitting it all he's up. He's quitting, yeah. Uh, so, look, this one, uh, Nandina Moon Bay, you often see it in the uh, the car park of uh, fast food joints. Uh, and the reason you see that is because they're really, really easy to look after. Moon Bay is a fantastic little plant. Uh, it only gets to about 75 uh, centimetres tall and very, very low um, water usage out in the full sun. Uh, it keeps a really, really nice symmetrical and compact uh, sort of uh, growth about it. And uh, once you get to the colder months, you start to get that beautiful colouring uh, back through it. You start to get the salmon pinks, the oranges, uh, uh, and then finally, you know, you start to get a darker red as it cools off, and that contrasts with the beautiful green of them. So a really, really tough plant. They're uh, frost-hardy, uh, probably not salt-tolerant. I think it's a little bit more caustic, uh, but certainly they'll, they'll uh, handle the full sun and the frost. So that's Nandina Moon Bay, a really fantastic uh, little plant and very, very good for hot conditions. Very good. Well, before we do get onto that, Scott, we've got time, I think, just for one more call. Let's go for it. Hello, Scott. Yes, how can we help you? Um, I just wanted to know about, um, I'm a uh, Cardiff, I wanted to know about watering. Uh, my son's got his, uh, on a drip thing, and it's, uh, he's got it on running um, three one minutes every day. Yes. Is that too much for natives? No, look, that, three one minutes every day, that's giving him three minutes a day at, at different times. Uh Look, that, if they're established plants, that's probably okay. If they've been, you know, in longer than three or four months, uh, you know, oh, that's yeah. probably a in little... Clay soil. Oh, okay. So, I, look, I'd probably cut back on that a little bit. Uh, you know, you really only need, you know, a couple of minutes. Just cut back on a third by that. Uh, they don't need that much water, especially if they're in, if they're in clay soil and they've been, uh, you know, if they've been established. If they're only just put in, uh, no, that's... they're established. Yeah, they're established. I'd cut back on that a little bit in that case. What, a couple of times a week? Yeah, or? well, yeah, it, look, probably every that. every second day you could cut that back oh, too. Right, yeah, yeah. That, that should be enough. You just have, it's horses for courses when you're watering. When you get a day like this, uh, yeah. yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a great thing to go out and water, but then, you know, if we've had rain or, you know, we get back into uh, April and May and it cools down again, you just don't have to water as much. The wind plays a really big factor in how much you need to water. It dries the, uh, the plant out a lot. It actually increases the transpiration, you know, the breathing of the plant. Oh, yeah. And so the wind plays a really big factor in about uh, about the watering of the plant, uh, and especially on a day like today, you've got low humidity, you've got uh, heaps of wind, and it's very hot. So you do yeah. need to make sure you're watering today. So you reckon a couple of minutes every second day? Every second day, and if you've got established natives, I think that would be quite enough. All right, thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Guarding Guarding Talkback on 2 and you are FM. Time for one more call, you reckon, Scotty? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Hey, how can we help you? Oh, I was just listening to your program and Scott said a certain product for ants. Could you tell me what that was again, please? Yes, I suggested using Penside or I suggested using Carbril for, for some ants. Carbril. Yeah. And that's for ordinary ants too? Yes, it'll, it'll kill pretty much any insect that it uh, has contact with. Oh, God. Thank you very much Okay, for thank that. you. Cheers. Bye. Well, Scott Sharp, I think that's nearly us out of time. Okay. We want one more plant, though, don't we? Or? Oh, quickly. Do you want me to quickly talk about it? Quickly talk about Trailing it. Trailing lotus. It. It's really beautiful. It's got an orange flower, grey sort of soft, spiky leaves. It almost looks like, uh, you know, that Spanish moss that you see. That's uh, that's the, the grey look of the foliage. Fantastic in hanging pots. Uh, and because it's low water usage, often if you get a hanging pot, you stick it up high, you don't water it as much and now this one's got uh, trailing lotus has got lots and lots of orange flowers they do look spectacular they're fantastic to use uh, in hang- in uh, those dry full sun positions where you've uh, you know you can have them in a rockery as well so they'll trail down and over really good looking dry tolerant plant for our dry themed day very good well scott tom's against us okay thanks very much we'll catch you same time next monday absolutely thank you